Well, we said it was a must-win for the BYU football program, but alas, it's 0 for October for BYU. That means 0 for in October. We're talking about BYU's latest loss to the East Carolina Pirates right here on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. This is Postcast, a special edition of the podcast to recap BYU's 27-24 loss to the East Carolina Pirates. BYU went 0-4 in the month of October. That means they went 0-4, folks. The first time they have had a four-game losing streak since 2017, that ill-fated 4-9 season, the worst season in 50 years of BYU. BYU football, they are verging on that level of ineptitude with the BYU football program. Now, let me start with this. I am annoyed. I am annoyed by the asinine coaching decisions that took place on both sides of this game. Mike Houston, Kalani Sitake, neither of them should get anything positive out of this with regards to their coaching decisions. Boneheaded decisions to go for it on fourth down in certain circumstances. Boneheaded decisions not to go for it on fourth down in certain circumstances. Uh, play clock management, clock management overall. The inability to count uh, up to 12 apparently for the BYU football program when you need to punt it away and flip the field, but you have 12 men on the football field because one of your 20 staffers on the sideline can't count. Oh, we have 12 guys out there. Run somebody off. Both coaches, like I said, Mike Houston from East Carolina and Kalani Satake, the head coach of the BYU football program. That's where I wanted to start on this. I am annoyed at their inability to just get simple things right as a head coach. Both of these men are accomplished head coaches. Mike Houston, congratulations to him, won his 100th game as a head coach, beating BYU on that field goal, 27-24. to 24. Now, this is a game, folks, that BYU, I thought, the, as the game was progressing, they got into that third quarter, I'm like, okay, things are trending. BYU can keep pace with this. They can... They can win this in a shootout. As I said on the Friday edition of the podcast, getting you ready for this game, I said it didn't matter how it came. All BYU needed to focus on was getting a win. I called it 28-27 BYU in this one. Ended up 27-24. East Carolina got to the number total that I thought they would get to in this game, and BYU was unable to get out of their own way and win this game. Two critical penalties in the final minutes of this game absolutely did BYU in. You can't have a holding call from Kingsley Sumataia in the circumstance that he had it. No matter how chintzy or how questionable that call is, he did not need to grab that defensive end's jersey. And what does he do? He reaches out, grabs the jersey, and makes it as easy and clear as day for that official to be like, well, that's a flag, toss it, and the first down is negated. BYU has to then uh, try and get the first down, comes up short, and have to punt the b- football away. No, 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 that was turnover on downs, excuse me. They went for it on fourth down on that fourth and two when Jaron Hall can't get low enough as a quarterback, apparently, to get any push on that. The left side of BYU's offensive line can't get a push as well, and he gets stoned on a fourth and short. BYU this season is 5 of 20 on fourth down conversions. They are 129th or some such in fourth down conversions. They are frankly abysmal 
I know that they have that analytics book. I know that analytics book tells them to go for it and when not to. You know what? Sometimes you need to trust your gut. And Kalani's talk after the game. Well, I'm going to have to reevaluate that. Kalani, you got a whole lot to reevaluate right now. You have a, a lot to evaluate with regards to who is going to remain on your coaching staff beyond this season. It's... It is, it, it's baffling to me the way things are going for this BYU football program. BYU had uh, East Carolina in a fourth and eight scenario. East Carolina, it screamed to me, was going to try and get a first down. They were going to see what they could do. Uh, they have a perfect coverage, honestly, a great coverage called by BYU's defense. And BYU's best cover corner in this game, Caleb Hayes, a guy that I have absolutely been a huge fan of, he freaks out and doesn't realize he has safety help over the the top and what does he do he practically bear hugs the wide receiver and gives up a pass interference that for all intents and purposes at that point you put east carolina in field goal range and that game was in the dying moments it was just a matter of time before east carolina kicked that field goal to win that football game granted the kick for the field goal i'm not sure i got more than what 15 feet off the ground, but it went through the uprights all the same across the crossbar, and East Carolina wins the football game. Props to the Pirates. They are 6-3. and three. They are bowl eligible. Meanwhile, BYU now faces the prospect of having to win two of their final three games, of which two of them are on the road just to get to bowl eligibility. Folks, you'll be watching this. I'm recording this late on uh, Friday night, so October 28th. This is going to post on October 29th. Uh, it'll post early morning, probably somewhere late. But regardless, a month ago, September 29th, BYU was 4-1. and one. They were nationally ranked. They were inside the top 20 nationally. And now we're talking about a team that is sub-500. What in the actual bleep is going on in Provo? That is what many of you out there, I think, are absolutely thinking and or saying. And honestly, I don't think I have the answers. I don't think Kalani Satake has the answers. I don't think anybody has the answers as to what's going on for BYU. If it's not one thing, it's another. Day games. Okay, BYU is struggling to win day games. That was last week's refrain because they went across the country where traditionally they've struggled and playing a day game, they get absolutely just blown out by Liberty. And by the way, I actually think BYU played better in this game than they did against Liberty. The offense actually found a running game. But guess what? In the fourth quarter, some questionable play calling, some ineptitude with regards to execution in certain circumstances, and BYU can't get any points on the board in the fourth quarter when you were motoring up and down the field. You had 242 rushing yards in this game. There is no excuse for BYU to have zero points in that fourth quarter. This was a game that was on a silver platter for BYU, and in many ways, I feel like they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. That's the way I feel about this BYU team right now. They are finding ways to lose games versus finding a way to win the game. It is... It's... It's it's frankly baffling right now. And honestly, I, I think that Kalani Satake, he gets up there and talks about the culture and love and learn all the time. And I know it annoys everybody to no end that he continues to regurgitate the exact same stuff that he keep, has been saying this entire month as BYU has lost game after game after game after game. He has four of them in a row. They've lost four straight games. But to hear him say the same things over and over again, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm being dead serious with you right now. 
I don't think Kalani Sake has the slightest idea what he needs to do to get his team back on track, outside of the fact that I'm not 100% certain he even knows where to look. Andy Reid was in the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Friday night. What in the world is a guy who has won a Super Bowl thinking about this BYU football program? Andy Reid, once upon a time, was the dream coach for BYU football. BYU can't afford that guy at this point. He's making, what, $10 million now with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, the pipe dream of getting Andy Reid back to Provo is the head coach. That ain't happening, folks. He may come back up for a visit like he did this week. His son-in-law is on staff with BYU Strength and Conditioning staff. That's why he was in Provo on the Chiefs bye week. I'm sure some other things brought him back to town, but what is he thinking as he watched these two coaches just absolutely make a mockery of late game scenarios, play clock management, just this game had it all. And Trust me, I was watching this game. I was obviously doing pre- and post-game coverage for the KSL Sports Zone, which I do every single game for BYU football. And I'm sitting there watching this and wondering, what in the world is BYU doing here? Like, why why are why can they not find a way to close the door on a team like this? Why can be why can BYU's defense get two fourth quarter stops, one of which was a missed field goal, another one a turnover on downs? How can BYU's defense come up with maybe the two biggest and maybe the two best stops they have had in a month and a half, going all the way back to the Baylor game, and the BYU offense fails them in that circumstance? If it's not one thing, it's another for this BYU team right now. You find a running game in this game, and still you find a way to lose this football game. That, the, uh, like I said, I, I don't think Kalani Sitake or anybody on the staff, frankly, right now, has the slightest idea of what it's going to take to get everybody on the same page. Is it going to require a purge of the assistant coaching pool at BYU? Maybe so. I, 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 the writing's on the wall. There are changes coming to Kalani Sitake's staff. How much? How many guys? What What can they afford to bring in? Who can they hire? That All that stuff, that's for a ways down the road. Right now, BYU, as I said on our preview edition of this game, it didn't matter how it came. They needed to win a football game. They needed to win this football game to assure themselves of getting to a bowl game. And now you find a way to essentially say, you know what, East Carolina, have that game. Caleb Hayes is a senior leader. He is one of the guys that multiple players on this team have pointed to as a guy who is not afraid to rip into his teammates and let them know when they're not doing their job. He is one of those senior leaders that is an outspoken, fun-loving, gregarious dude, but he lost his mind in a critical circumstance and commits a penalty which essentially handed the game over to the opponent. He had safety help over the top. Talon Alfrey could have potentially picked that pass off and instead it turns into a pass interference and like I said they go on uh, it was a matter of time at that point a matter of when not if they were going to make that field goal to win that football game this BYU is in a bad spot right now this season has gone completely off the rails I don't care if you guys think I'm not doing enough analyzing of this game, but this season has gone completely off the rails for this BYU football program. And at this point, does anybody out there, and I mean anybody, think that BYU is doing any better than 5-7 and seven at this current time? Could they go up to Boise State and stun us all? Sure. Could they go to Stanford after beating Utah Tech and get to six wins that way? They're sitting at maybe 4-6 and six after this upcoming week. They go through a bye week and they close out the season with two straight wins. Could that happen? Yes, it could. But are you betting on it right now? Because I wouldn't be. This BYU defense... Uh, th- 
they found something in that fourth quarter. They, like I said, they didn't play well. The BYU defense was not good in this game. Like when you go up 227 rushing yards once again, 197 through the air is 424 total yards. Okay, about 100 yards improvement in terms of total total offense for East Carolina. But BYU once again, when they have allowed teams to go over 400 yards this season, they have lost every single game. The games they have kept opponents under 400 yards, BYU's got a perfect record. I'm not saying that causation is correlation or correlation is causation, but sure looks that way for BYU. This defense found itself in the fourth quarter and found itself as a relative term. They got two huge, and I mean huge stops to give their offense a chance. An offense that had not been stopped essentially all night long. BYU put together some massive drives. They drove 92 yards. They had their season-long drive in this game, went 92 yards for a touchdown. BYU's rushing attack that we have lambasted and hoped we would see return to BYU ground out 42 carries for 244 yards, an average of 5.8 yards per carry, and you cannot generate any and I had zero goose egg points in the fourth quarter. This, like I said, if it's not one thing, it's another with this BYU squad right now. And it's just, it's frankly baffling to try and analyze this at this point. BYU went from being four and one, now they're four and five. It is just abysmal. And if you're a BYU fan out there that uh, is trying to wonder if investing in this team is worth it, I'd, I'd be questioning everything. And I think, I'm sure Kalani Sitake is questioning everything right now. I don't think, like I said, I don't think that he has the slightest idea of what he needs to do to get his team to play well in all three phases of the game in a certain circumstance just to grind out a win. That game for East Carolina was there for the taking for BYU. I actually thought BYU played better overall as a team. I'm talking in all three phases. We had a 71-yard absolute bomb of a punt from Ryan Rico in the in the special teams. Kick return, you know what? Whatever. I thought BYU played well enough in this game that they should have probably won this football game. But instead, they find a way to give it, serve it up on a silver platter to the East Carolina Pirates. So props to ECU. Uh, let's get to your guys' comments. But first, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, Bet Online is your resource for all things football, whether it's NFL, college football. If you're a basketball fan, the NBA, Major League, uh, Major League Playoffs, the World Series is underway. By the way, congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies, anybody but the Houston Astros. And if you're an Astros fan out there, I apologize, but I will not root for that franchise. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So go Phillies. But if you want to bet on any of it, get to Bet Online right now, my friends. They've got all the odds, lines, and everything else that you can handle when it comes to all of your betting needs. The best part is you've got real live in-game betting as well as the longer props. Like you can uh, essentially probably bet on the Phillies to win the World Series, that type of stuff. It's phenomenal. Get to Bet Online or use your mobile device to check it out now. That's all courtesy of our friends over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And BYU, like I said, I'm just I'm baffled at everything's going on with BYU right now. But your guys' comments after this game, I don't know. I've got darn near a hundred. It feels like in in many ways. I'm actually going to see if I can pull this up. I probably should have done this before I, I went live here. But uh, let's share the screen here so you guys actually can see some of these uh, messages from uh, your fellow fans out there because. 
you guys don't want to hear from me. You guys want to hear from yourself. So let's get these going right now. Let you guys see and hear uh, what your fellow BYU fans have for you in the post game. And uh, so first things, I'm just going to scroll down here. You guys can see all these comments. Okay, we got the Tyler Huntley. They so poo poo. We've got. I think for all of us, uh, I'm going to throw up. That comes from our friend Alex Long. Alex, a high school teammate of mine, and <clears throat> Alex will concur with this. By the way, I meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, Kalani Satake talks about love and learning. Now, uh, he can talk about love and learning all he wants, and I, I've got no problem with it. If that's his prerogative, you know what? So be it. Go ahead and talk about love and learning. But I played for maybe the most Christ-like man in my, that I know and in Eli Herring. Yes, the former BYU offensive lineman, the guy who would not play in the NFL because it required him to play on Sundays. This man is the most Christ-centered, just personable human being just loved the man to death. He had one thing that he would institute and he'd talk about it. It's called tough love. Not everything has to be happy, go lucky, love and learning. We're, we're, we're digging into our team culture. There needs to be tough love dispensed on this BYU football program right now. I'm not advocating for guys to go out and um, just do other, do things to their teammates that would alienate them, that type of stuff. No, I'm saying that Eli Herring, I can vividly remember in the middle of one game, I lost uh, track of the snap count. And this is back in the day we didn't do silent snaps. We actually had a snap count. They had on two, on two, ready, break. And we go go up to the thing. I, I don't remember what the snap count was. I lost track of it. I was trying to think of my assignment as an offensive lineman. And trust me, my my playing career as a BYU, as a football player, not a BYU football player, just a football player in general, didn't last past the high school level. My best accomplishment in high school, let's be very clear about this, was the fact that I was academic all region. That That's the level that I played and it was good enough to be in high school football. But I lost track of the snap count once upon a time. I ended up getting a false start. The, then uh, a couple plays later, I lost track of it again. Lost, and I false started again. I have never heard a human being's voice clearer from across a football field than Eli Herring's in that moment. He yelled at me and put the fear of you know what into me and the rest of that game I never had another fault start and I was on point I ended up doing up downs uh, the next week of practice it was tough love you know what what BYU needs right now is some tough love for these players because guess what the happy go lucky we're we're working with our team culture stuff you can say it all you want, Kalani, but you know what? It wears thin. It's the Russell Wilson type stuff that bugs people when you're not winning football games. When you're winning, you know what? Say whatever the heck you want. But when you're losing football games, where's the Kalani that's got the fire? Where's that Kalani from 2016 that got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on a completely awful pass interference against the University of Utah? Where is that Kalani? Has he been neutered? Where, where, where's the fire? Where is the passion from BYU's head coach? If he's showing it behind the scenes and I don't know about it, great. I'm glad he's showing that. But I'd like to see more of that, Kalani, than what we're seeing right now. Uh, okay, let's get into this. Uh, Nate Kennedy at Nate Ricks. At what point is Kalani's seat hot? I, I don't think his seat is hot, honestly. I think there's going to be changes with his coaching staff. I don't think he his seat is hot, necess- not necess- necessarily right now. Uh, Chelsea Celestial Chicken at Celeste, uh, number one Chelsea's. Bowl eligibility is officially a lofty goal in many ways. Yeah, true. Beards and 0% beer, beers at Washboard 4. Good hell. Do better. Uh, agreed. Kalani Shades. Hands down, this has become the most disappointing season of BYU football in my lifetime. Ray 
ranked in the preseason for the first time in a zillion years, tons of returning talent, QB is looking better than ever, lost only four games the previous two years, and a contender for the New Year's Six. Now this. He's got the sick face emoji uh, there to finish it off. Uh, it's... I... I I, I can't disagree with that. This is the way that this season was set up. Think about this. BYU went eleven and one in twenty twenty. And was it against a, a lesser slate of opponents? Absolutely. The 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 pandemic necessitated that. Zach Wilson and BYU took advantage of that and put together a magical season. A lot of people out there thought BYU would finish with what seven or eight wins last year in a little bit of a rebuilding year. They lost what, 12, 12, 14, someone I know it was at least twelve guys off that twenty twenty one squad that got NFL opportunities. They moved on, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to have to rebuild a little bit. And then BYU goes out and goes 5-0 and against the Pac-12, grinds out 10 wins. Did UAB break this program as badly as it may appear? Maybe so, but BYU, they have lost more games this season alone than they lost in the previous two years combined. It's crazy to consider this. A legit question from Ray Nielsen. I've got this question myself. Legit question. Why do we not target Isaac Rex? I can't remember one pass thrown to him tonight. He blocks almost every play, even when we send him in motion. Ray, you're not wrong. Zero. And I mean a big fat goose egg on targets for Isaac Rex in this game. Of the 25 passes thrown by Jaron Hall in this game, he ended up with 144 total passing yards in this game. Zero of them targeted Isaac Rex. 11 of them targeted Puka Nakua. And by the way, where in the world did Puka Nakua go late in this game? He is the best player on BYU's team. I don't care. You can insert any other player you want. I will tell you that you're dead wrong. Puka Nakua might be the very best football player in the state of Utah. I'm dead serious about this. Puka Nakua is an NFL legit starting wide receiver, and he disappeared in this game. And I don't think it's on him. I think the play calling went away from him. And I know that East Carolina is probably targeting him. I, I get all that. They're going to be doing their doing their job uh, to make sure they slow him down as much as possible. But how in the world do you not get the ball in your best player's hands? Why in the world are you taking the ball out of other players' hands in critical downs and distances? Like I said, if it's not one thing, it's another with BYU right now. That's the tough part about this. And it's so frustrating right now to watch BYU going about their business because this team, frankly, doesn't have any business being as bad as they are right now, in my opinion. that I think that they are playing worse than they have any right to be because of all the experience they brought back, they should be a better team. I'm just scrolling through all these different comments, trying to find some other ones here. Uh, Tanner Mortimer looks so much better, but a loss is still a loss. Tanner, you're, you're dead on. I thought BYU played better in this game, far better than they did as a team against Liberty, but you know what? An L is an L and that's going to stick with BYU. They are a sub 500 football team now. That is just abysmal if you're a Cougar fan. Uh, Cruise planner Scott Hammer at Hammer Down. This team is soft. No aggression or anger. I don't remember a single blitz in this game. The defensive line didn't get any pressure. Continues to play a soft zone. Missed tackles from everywhere. And no contain on the ends. The offense was very vanilla. Run, run, and run. Not very many throws. I thought BYU actually was hell-bent on running the football, and they ran it well. But yes, the defense, they went with a three-man front almost this entire game, and that three-man front was essentially the only guys that were rushing the passer in this. Were they content to sit in front and allow uh, East Carolina to dink and dunk? Sure, but guess what? Eastern Carolina, uh, not Eastern Carolina, East Carolina had Keaton Mitchell, who ran for 176 yards. Multiple times, Keenan Peely, Pepe Tonavasa, Ben Bywater, insert whatever linebacker you want to throw out there, got sucked inside and lost contain yet again. 
Fundamentals are continuing to kill BYU. You cannot get sucked inside. I saw it happen in a span of three plays. Keenan Peely got sucked inside on one. Keaton Mitchell bounces outside for a big gain. The next play, Pepe Tanavasa, who's playing essentially a rush end roll, gets gets uh, beat to the outside when he has contained duties on his play, gets beat outside Keaton Mitchell for a big play. And then the very next play, right back to Keenan Peely for getting beat on the outside. And I don't mean to single out those, or not single out, but I don't mean to highlight those two guys in particular because guess what? Their teammates also responsibility in this, but it's just, it is time and time and time again. The angles from BYU safeties continue to be absolutely atrocious that they take in pursuit. BYU's inability to tackle in critical downs and distances. They have a chance to get a sack on a guy like Holt Naylor's. He scoots out of it, completes a pass that ends up going for, what, 25 yards at Yak after the catch. It... This BYU defense did not play well, but when the defense finally came up and made some plays, what happens? The BYU offense fails them with zero points in the fourth quarter. I am frankly stunned that this team has not fractured into a million pieces. Maybe they are behind the scenes. Maybe they are fracturing, and we just don't know about it. I don't know about it quite yet. I'll be trying to see what I can find out about this. But right now, it's not fun to be a Cougar fan. I completely get that out there if that's your sentiment right now. Um, Alright, a couple other ones coming in here. Mandy Jones. Our, Mandy, by the way, you are absolutely incredible. She says, we saw some proof of life tonight we haven't seen for the better part of three games. I'll take the improvements and keep riding with my Cougars. Mandy, thank you for the half glass half full mentality there. It's hard to do in this circumstance because it is not fun right now uh, to be a BYU fan, like I said. Uh, D-Dubs, D-Dubs Malin, excuse me, Danny D- Daniel? I think that's right. I said, whatever happened to Isaiah Moa? I remember seeing him killing it at a spring camp, but haven't heard anything about him since. Is he red Redshirting injured, I haven't heard anything about him all season. Based on what I understand, Isaiah is redshirting this season. They're trying to get him uh, proper strength and weight combos. They think he can be a force for BYU on the defensive line down the down the road. But, uh, I, I yeah, he's redshirting right now and on the scout team. So, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy to to look at these comments, but y- y'all are you're, you're not wrong. Uh, Tricky T, our good friend uh, Tanner, and Tanner, uh, uh, thanks for weighing in. This is a really good take from you. This sucks, but honestly, is anybody surprised at this point? It's BYU football. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. You're dead on right now. If if it can go wrong for BYU right now, it sure feels like it's going to. It's a matter of waiting for the sky to fall in or the, the roof to fall in on BYU rather than being like, maybe they'll get away with it this time. Right now, it's just not good enough. So... I appreciate all of your guys' comments. It's absolutely crazy uh, to think about where BYU sits right now. Oh, by the way, right here, Devin Crossley, by the way. Unbelievable. Can't believe we lost and played better. If anybody has tickets to give away, I'm in Idaho in the Treasure Valley and would love to go to the Boise State game if anybody has tickets, LOL. Well, hey, Devin, I'm sure there'll be some BYU fans maybe looking to offload some tickets. If we find us some, we'll be sure to be in touch. He says, actually just followed up, says, okay, no begging for tickets. The game as a fan hurts. I'm sure the players are hurting too. And that's the other thing about this. I think BYU players, they're as down on themselves right now as anybody on the outside. The coaches are down on themselves, but the, the problem is right now, BYU, like I said, can't seemingly get out of its own way. And this game, uh, this game to me, 
It was a better performance than we've seen in quite some time for BYU, but still a loss is a loss. And that's the thing we talked about during the 2017 season. Some of you last week after that Liberty loss said, Jake, is this the 2017 season all over again? And I was so, I was like, I, no, that's not the 20, the 20, 2017 season was just abysmal. It was awful. It was, like I said, it was the worst season in more than 50 years for the BYU football program. But the way things are trending right now for the BYU football program, Who's to say this is not 2017-esque? That's the tough part. Um, Amber Roberts, one of our GFOPs. I wasn't even that upset. I think I'm numb. My hope must have been completely squashed last week. On a bright note, the story ESPN covered on Batty's dad was awesome. Uh, Yeah, I think they were talking about Tyler Batty. His dad uh, rides horses and does some equine therapy for uh, kids with autism. Great, great story. And I think I, I caught most of that story. But thank you for weighing in, Amber. You're, you're the best out there. Tell your husband hello for me. Uh, and it's it's crazy to, to think about where things stand right now for BYU. And that 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 is the tough part to accept right now, is that this BYU team just a month ago had ground itself to a, to a 4-1 and record. And trust me, they had not won necessarily in impressive fashion towards the tail end of the month of September. But you could not have told me, and I wouldn't have, okay, you could have told me at the end of the month of September, saying, that in the next month, Jake, BYU will win one, two, three, or four football games. I would have probably picked two at minimum, and there would have been 0.000 to an infinity number that I would pick zero as the option. I had no inkling that this team was going to crumble mentally, uh, physically, apparently, because injuries are starting to mount once again for BYU. By the way, best wishes to Chaz Ayu for him to come back and play essentially a game and... 10 plays, it felt like maybe not 10 plays in this loss against uh, against East Carolina. And apparently they're saying it's an ankle potential Achilles injury. Oh, I just, I was sick to my stomach for that young man. And th- that is the brutal part of this game. It's a physical, brutal sport that causes injuries because guys are hitting each other at full speed and they're just absolute leviathans of human beings. But man, is it a brutal, brutal break for a young man like that. So this is really, really tough. I'll, I'll give this last one here. Jason W. Kelly, our last one here. Jason K. Redline, who's also a GFOP. Apathy is the death of fandom. This program could be in serious trouble a year from now. We could be a one or two win in team in the Big 12 with questions about firing Kalani. I don't want that. Jason, I don't want that either. But you know what? With unprecedented contracts handed out to Kalani Satake and his assistants, unprecedented amount of money being poured into the BYU football program because they're going into the Big 12, guess what that requires? Unprecedented decisions and unprecedented expectations. Will Kalani Satake be able to match those? We're going to find out. We're going to see if they're going to be able to salvage this season. I'm looking forward to rewatching this film. And trust me, I will be counting how many blitzes or lack thereof BYU ran in this game. I got a lot to dig into with our film review coming up on the Monday edition of the podcast. But have a good weekend. I guess as good as you can have uh, as the rest of the weekend progresses, my friends. Watch some football out there. Uh, eat some good food. Spend some time with your family. And we'll regroup on Monday. See what I take away after rewatching this game. I'll give you my film review notes uh, on that edition of the show and then we turn our attention to Boise State it's crazy to think we're into game 10 the final game before BYU mercifully finally gets to a bye week they got one more game they got to go to the Smurf turf up there in Boise can they grind out a win 
We're going to find out, and it's going to be an interesting week. I can tell you that much as we continue to cover it right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, that'll do it for me. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to make our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast your second listen of the day. Josh Neighbors does a great job making sure you're up to speed on everything with BYU's future in the Big 12, no matter how painful it might uh think you it might be to think about BYU competing there get up to speed on it with that with the locked on big 12 podcast get it free and available wherever you get your podcast thank you to all of you sincerely thank you to all of you for your support your comments your care factor like I said Jason's right apathy is the death of fandom and BYU's got to be walking a very fine line right now because I'm sure there are BYU fans out there some of you may be watching and or listening to this who are considering giving up on this team that's the apathy that kills fandom I hope that BYU can regain some of that passion that you have had for the last, I don't know how long you've been a BYU fan. That passion's got to remain, but BYU's got to prove it on the field to keep that up. And big week ahead. So we'll have it all covered for you. Big thank you once again for joining us here on Postcast. Have a great rest of your day and or evening whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars Postcast. See ya.